Welcome back to Scriptures and Commentary. I'm the mom, Linda Weiniger. We are reading the book of Jude in the New Testament. Okay. For Jude chapter 1, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Okay, so he's writing to the Christians half-brother to Jesus. So Jude, or James and Jude were half-brothers to Jesus, okay? Uh, let's see. Belo verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before the old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turned the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance through ye once knew, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward, destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he had reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great, the great day. Okay, so just a little snippet from 1 to 6 that I just read. As explained on the overview page this week, Jude is believed to be the half-brother of Jesus Christ. And he was writing to faithful members of the church in order to encourage them to stand against false teachers among them. During this time, apostasy continued to spread and church leaders were trying to fight in the growing fires that were popping up throughout the churches. Jude is one of these great church leaders. And this epistle was written to encourage the saints to contend for their faith. <clears throat> contend is a word that teaches them that they could not just passively ignore the false teachers, but they needed to stand against them. Jude reminds them of the consequences that come when people openly rebel against God. Jude specifically mentions the hosts of heaven that followed Satan, and through the lens of the restoration of the gospel and our understanding of the premortal world, or our first estate, we can easily read these verses and know that Jude was speaking, know what Jude was speaking up. Jude is warning the saints that God will put an end to rebellion. John Taylor once explained it like this, quote, let us suppose that you and I were as the spirits awaiting the privilege of taking bodies and that we could see the wickedness and corruption that was going on upon the earth and that we could see prophets going about teaching the principles of righteousness and warning the people of judgment that should come of the flood that should overwhelm them and of the prisons prepared in which the ungodly should be cast and we say father you see the people on the earth that they are wicked and depraved fallen and corrupt yes it is right and just that it is right and just that we who have done no wrong should have to enter into such corrupt bodies and partake of the influences with which they are surrounded. No, says the Father, 
It is not just, and I will cut them off. I will cause the floods to come upon them, to destroy them, and I will send those wicked and disobedient spirits into prison, which he did, end quote. And that was President John Taylor. Now, scriptural, so I do a bunch of scriptural speculation, as you know, but that's just according to mom, and usually scriptural speculation according to mom is just basically inspiration for mom and possibly her children, right? Because you guys are my stewardship. However, President John Taylor, when you are a prophet and a president of the church, the scriptural speculation that you make can easily be applied to the whole church and the whole world because you are the Lord's prophet. So you might be thinking, he's just doing scriptural speculation. Yeah, but whose scriptural speculation would you prefer? The prophets or moms? Right? Am I right? Okay. So, I mean, I would say both. <laughs> but if you were to choose, it makes sense that you would trust the prophet because I mean, he's definitely read the scriptures more than I have, and he communes with God. So I think that makes sense, and it makes it seem more legit. Um, okay, now we're on verse, verse 7. And even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, and going after strange flesh, and are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh despite despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Verse nine, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he his disputed about he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. So these are like the false teachers. But what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. So without like a capacity of reason, that's like brute beasts. They just, I don't know. I would consider it like tucking out your butt <laughs> or out your bin, tucking out your bin. Uh, and then, Woe unto them, for they have, verse 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gain, saying, of Kor, or like, Kor means like rocks or cliffs that destroy a ship. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds, they are without water, carried about the winds, trees whose fruit were with withereth without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness or forever and enoch also the seventh from adam prophesied of these sayings behold the lord cometh with ten thousand ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that they are that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their own and their mouth, speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. 
But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Okay, wow. A lot of great things. Okay. Uh, verse 7 to 16, if Sodom and Gomorrah did not escape God's justice, then neither will these filthy dreamers. Uh, Jude refers to the story that occurred between Michael and Satan. This is not a story we have anywhere in our current scriptures, but we know that we do not have all records. For even the Book of Mormon prophets quoted prophets like Zenos and Zenic, whose records we do not have today. And you know me, I love that kind of stuff when talking about people fighting Satan, especially Michael the Archangel, right? In verse 10, Jude calls these false teachers brute beasts or those who are just naturally, who just naturally follow their carnal desires without reason and without shame. They have gone the way of Cain who committed the first great sin and followed after other nefarious biblical figures. Now, the word nefarious, I think I never heard in, like, I mean, I've read the Bible, but I've never really put it together until we watched Minions. The one, I can't remember which one it was, but it was, I think it was the first one with, with group. But anyways, it's kind of funny. Because I think they talk about, I think they use the word nefarious in there a couple times. Anyways, verse 12 and 13 contain a number of metaphors that express the kind of people these false teachers are. Okay, so these are the false teachers. This is how you know them, okay? So these are spots in your feasts. Spot is better translated as like a rock, like a reef or a cliff that would dash a ship into pieces. The idea is that you think you are sitting down to have a nice feast with these men or people, but in truth, they can cause great destruction. And then they are like clouds without water or clouds that are being blown about, promising water, but deliver, but never delivering. Mm. And they are trees that will never nourish you. They are twice dead, which means that they are really dead. Their roots are gone. Life will not enter back in. And they are raging waves of the sea. They are not calm. They are wild and will toss you about. And then foaming out of their own shame, all that their wild waves will produce is foam. Unless doctrines that come from their angry words. Useless, sorry, use. I cannot see you guys. Useless doctrines that come from their angry words. And then wandering stars. They are like stars that do not follow a regular course and will lead you astray. So these false teachers are like what Elder Neil L. Anderson explained when speaking of former church members who speak against Joseph Smith. Quote, studying the church through the eyes of 
its defectors. Elder Neil A. Maxwell once said, is like interviewing Judas to understand Jesus. Defectors always tell us more about themselves than about that from which they have departed, end quote. Elder Neil L. Anderson, October 2014 General Conference. <clears throat> I love that so much. And since we're talking about Elder Neil A. Maxwell, we're going to read a big quote from him. Let's slow down if I can actually read this. Okay. We surely have been warned and forewarned about our time, a period in which the comprehension or the compression of challenges may make a year seem like a decade. Members will be cleverly mocked and scorned by those in the great and spacious building, representing the pride of the world. No matter for ere long, he who was raised on the third day will raise, R-A-Z-E, that spacious but third-class hotel. Ours will be a time of great inversion as well as perversion, as some will call good evil and evil good. Others in their ignorance of spiritual truths will speak evil of those things which they know not. Peace has already been taken from the earth. Nation will rise against nation. It will also be a time of hardening as the love of many waxes cold and injured and in and iniquity abounds. Secular bewilderment will be epidemic amid the distress of nations with perplexity. We cannot expect to live in such a world without experiencing, experiencing certain consequences of these conditions. Yet we can always keep our covenants, even if we cannot keep such conditions from coming. The Lord who knows all that through which we will pass will help us to overcome our small moment of time. If we are settled, we will endure it well and hold fast, enduring righteously. All these things shall give us experience and shall be for our good. Think it not strange when disciples are called upon to pass through the fiery trial, said Peter. End quote. That was amazing. Elder Neil A. Maxwell, April 1987 Journal Conference. He was like talking so much truth. Okay. Um, now, so Jude 17 to 25, little synopsis of, we'll recap or talk about it. This is another example of how knowing and remembering prophecy can protect us. Remember that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. Elder Neil L. Anderson gave similar counsel when we hear individuals today mock Joseph Smith. Quote, let us offer kindness to those who criticize Joseph Smith knowing in our own hearts that he was a prophet of God and taking comfort that all this was long ago foretold by Mormon, or by Moroni, end quote. October 2014, General Conference. The best armor is building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And we should have compassion on those who are being influenced by them. In verse 22, the phrase making a difference can also be translated when separating themselves. So if there are those among you who are being influenced by these false teachers, demonstrate compassion while they are contending with you. A soft word and tender answer can touch a heart more deeply than a harsh reply. But there might be the occasion when saving with fear, pulling them out of the fire is necessary. The visual here is snatching someone out of the destroying fire they are in the midst of and about to be consumed. 
hating even the garment spotted by flesh refers to a garment that is contaminated by disease and is suggesting that there are times where harsh actions must be taken to stop the spreading of what can harm and kill. Oh, I love that because it talks about that fire sometimes, you know, will protect our kids by like spanking them because they got in the road or we pull them out and they're like, what happened? Or you like shove somebody over because they were going to get run over, right? And you're just like, man, you hurt me when you did that. Yeah, but you were about to die. And so it's kind of like that, or it's like super dramatic because with fear, pulling them out of the fire is necessary sometimes. So, so you gotta be, you have to know what your role is. And if you're not building yourselves up and keeping and staying close to Christ, you're not going to know, and you're not going to be able to receive that inspiration from God to know when you need to do that. So, okay. Um, that is it for this week's reading. I love you. Thanks for being here. And I love being able to read scriptures with you because it's amazing. But also I wish we could do this in person, but it is literally 1043. So I guess, you know, you can't do that. But now we're going to go take Faust to the dentist. Okay, bye.